Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch London. For more information and resources, please go to ChristchurchLondon.org. But it probably is one of the hardest aspects of community that we face. This was even a struggle in the Bible, you'll be reassured to hear. Um, In Hebrews 10, the author who is speaking to the early church says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some of us are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So commitment is an age-old challenge. And for me, I realized that commitment was something I had to decide in advance. I had to commit to commitment, you might say. Um, I went to university, and before I went, I agreed with myself that I was definitely going to commit to going to a church. And that's what I did. Uh, Come rain or shine, no matter how much work I had on, no matter how late I'd stayed out the night before, I always made it to church on a Sunday. I mean, it was only five minutes from my house, so it wasn't that big a deal, but still... (laughs) But something that I didn't do was commit to a church family. And I did go to a small group for a bit, but I always felt a little bit on the outskirts of church life, arriving late for the service and leaving promptly at the end. I just felt so overwhelmed and distracted by university life. I had some really fun housemates. I was doing part of probably all of the societies and clubs that university had to offer. And I just didn't really have time for a church family. And as a result, I think I found these years some of the hardest years of my faith. I found myself feeling like I was constantly going around in circles in my faith, feeling like I was messing up and having to say sorry to God, merely surviving rather than thriving as a Christian. And so before I moved to London, I made another commitment to myself. Not only was I going to commit to a church, but also to a church family. And so I joined Christchurch and I joined a connect group. But for the first year, I actually found things quite tough again. Um, I felt like I was quite different to everyone in my connect group, and I did still struggle to break through those surface relationships and get to deeper ones. And so I stuck this out for a year. Then after a year, I took my connect group's leader aside to tell him that I was going to leave the group to try another one. And in that same conversation, uh, he asked me, instead of leaving the group, how about you step up to lead the group? Uh, And for some reason I said yes to this, but actually this was a really pivotal moment in my life because um, I started building really firm foundations in community and also firm foundations in my faith as well. And with that prior agreement to to myself to commit, my commitment, my commit, commit, commitment to commit, (laughs) I might still be floating around on the outskirts of church life. And this might also have reflected in my faith as well. And I know for many of us, this is a tough question. But how are you with commitment? And particularly commitment to community. Are you a commitment phobe who constantly is plagued by a fear of missing out of all of the other socials and events going on in your life? Or are you willing to give it a try and commit to this church family? If there's one community that's going to help us thrive, it's the church. That's what it's here for. There's a church in Portland uh, called Bridgetown Church in the States. And something they do at the start of the term is that the leaders of the community groups ask the members to verbally commit to the next 12 weeks together. 
That means prioritizing coming every week, not doing the last minute text bailout, and being there for each other as much as possible. Because to them, community isn't just a light entertainment to do in the middle of the week. It's not just something you go to if you've got nothing better on. It's something that involves investing in, and sometimes even making sacrifices for. The pastor, John Mark Homer, says, commitment is the context in which anything good happens in community. You cannot have community without commitment. And wherever you are in your faith, make sure you're doing it in community. Make sure you're not alone. Throughout the New Testament, we see that community is shown to be so important to the Christian life. In Matthew, Jesus' first disciples were called together to be in community to spread the gospel. In Luke 10, when Jesus sends out the disciples for the first time, he does so by sending them out in twos. And the Bible talks about the church as a body with many parts. We are made to contribute our unique skills and gifts to build a body that can together do great things. But for many of you, I know that you are just here for a limited time. Maybe you're just studying or you've got a home that you love somewhere else and you're pretty certain that London will only be a temporary thing. And for you, that is totally fine. And for, we, for, for you, we invite you to throw yourself into making London your home for the time you're here. Think about the mark you might leave on this beast of a city rather than just taking what it offers. And think about how you might serve the community you're in right now. And for those of us where we're still deciding or have decided to stick around in London for the near future, just imagine the potential we could have. And we know this is a bold ask. We know it won't be easy. We've come to realize that deep community really does take years to form. We've been in London for just over six years now, and we've seen a number of our friends and community come and go, which I'm sure many of you have too. But we don't think London should just be a home to the wealthy and accomplished that can comfortably afford to live here. We think that for people who financially find it a challenge to live in London, and probably that's for many of us here, we have such a unique opportunity to change the culture of this transient city. And it might mean for some of us that we will have to lay some things down. We will have to make some sacrifices. But we believe that the mission that Jesus is calling us to in this city is so worth it. And so, how can we commit to this church family? And one of the ways is through connect groups. And I know we talk about this a lot. Um, and there are many of you that can't make it to a connect group because of work or family commitments or anything else. Come and speak to us. We need to find a way to make this work. And others might have been part of this church for a while but have struggled to find community. Again, I would urge you to share your struggles with somebody. It might mean you'll need to loiter around after church for a bit longer than normal. It might mean um, a few weeks of feeling a bit awkward. Or it might even mean starting something yourself. Believe me, it will all be worth it. And we would love to have you more involved in this church family. And if you call Christchurch your home, please prioritize joining us on Sundays. Not just to come and worship and, uh, and learn, but to come and hold this whole thing together. Spot the people that haven't been spotted. Pray for those who look troubled. Gathering together is not just good for your faith, but every week you're here, community is strengthened. Plus, we miss you when you're not here. And so, join us together to make London our home. Come and be part of one of the most loving communities in East London. We're not going anywhere, and we would love for you to join us. 
And as a final note, Tower Hamlets is on um, Sadiq Khan's agenda for one of the main areas to significantly increase housing in London. But nothing will improve unless we turn those houses into homes. And so if you were here with us just for today, for the next few months, or for the long haul, come and make yourself at home as in East London as possible. We want to just take a moment to reflect on this now. And Nat will just uh, play a song for us in the background. Um, let's take a moment to reflect on the questions that you can find on the first page of your booklet here in the people section. And there's three. The first one is, what does community mean to you? How is your church community right now? And picture yourself in five years' time. Who will your community be then? Just take the, that, this time to think through those questions and maybe think of the next step you might take in relation to commitment and community. And then Joel will be back after the song for the next part. So as Dee said, it starts with people. It starts with community. And from that, we want this service to be uh, a place where you can uh, experience the life-transforming and empowering love of Jesus. It's all about him. Whether you're exploring faith for the first time, whether you've been a Christian for many years, or perhaps if you're maybe having some doubts or you're struggling with your faith and you've got some questions, we really are praying that this is a service where you feel like you are able to belong and able to ask those questions, to explore and go deeper in your faith. And the reason we want to do this is Pretty simply, it's humbly, but, but we confidently believe Jesus when he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we want to respond to that by loving him with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Dee and I want this service to be a place where we, uh, people find out about Jesus, decide to give their lives to follow him, grow in love for him, and desire to become more like him. And it's not a particularly revolutionary thought to say that a church wants to talk a lot about Jesus. It's kind of quite obvious, but at its core, that is what it's all about. And if we're here to lay some foundations for this service moving forward, uh, we, it would be remiss if we didn't say that. So how does this happen? How do we as a community discover more about Jesus and as a result grow in love for him and become more like him? What are the ways we are going to help one another grow and deepen our faith? And over the years, I've had uh, the privilege of being able to meet with many people uh, to talk about life and uh, work and relationships and university and particularly their faith. And now I, I, now I get to, to do it as part of my job, which is amazing and I love it. But one of the most common struggles that people have had is that they feel like they, they try really, really hard to be a disciple of Jesus, but they feel like they are always falling short. And it's happened too many times for me to, to count. And that's been an experience I felt in my own life as well. And essentially, our spiritual life has looked like this, is that we try really, really hard, we get tired, we give up, we feel really, really guilty about that, and then we just go again and we repeat this cycle. So often in, in my life, I felt that the way in which I had to deepen my faith was I just had to try really hard. If I wanted to be more patient, I had to just try really hard at being patient. If I wanted to be less lazy, I just had to try really, really hard at being less lazy, which is hard when you're a lazy person. But then the constant attraction of Twitter or Netflix just grabs me, and without realizing it, I've watched 10 episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine in a row, which in the moment just feels wonderful and glorious, but all my trying is wasted, and I go back to my default laziness. And there's definitely a, a trend of kind of going cold turkey in our culture. I do this kind of thing all the time, where I decide that I'm going to give up something for a period of time, uh, which in itself isn't necessarily a bad thing to do. 
But once it's over, I learn nothing and I just kind of indulge on the thing that I've missed or try to give up over those, those months. And some have even got into the psyche of our culture like uh, dry January or Veganuary is a thing now. Did anyone do Veganuary this year where you go vegan for a month? If you did, the prayer team will be available after the service to pray for you. Um, that's a joke. If you're a vegan, we love you and we welcome you. Uh, in fact, one of our very own senior leaders pretty much every year does something like this. I won't name him. But he'll give up sugar for like three months uh, before Christmas, only then to gorge himself on mince pies after the Christchurch London Carol Service and just ruin all of the good work that he's put in. Um, you may have seen him last year. He was the one in the corner with the sugar around his mouth, just crying and weeping. Um, I think his record is seven mince pies, which is, uh, which is pretty horrific. Um, but I do this kind of thing with my faith as well. I'll make outlandish claims like I'm going to try to get up, you know, four hours early and pray and read 10 chapters of the Bible. I do set all these targets that I really, really want to try and achieve because that's how I feel like that's what it is to be a Christian. You have to just try really, really hard. We try really hard in extreme ways to do or not do something without thinking about the daily practices of life and how we can become the people we want to be in the most uh, healthy and sustainable way possible. John Altberg, in his book, The Life You've Always Wanted, tries to answer where some of us might be going wrong, and I found this extremely helpful. He argues that we spend way too much time trying to grow spiritually and deepen our faith, whereas we should be spending our focus and energy on training. He describes the struggles in his spiritual life uh, in the same way a runner would turn up to run a marathon without having any training at all. And spiritual transformation is not a matter of trying harder, but training wisely and over time. I've met so many people throughout the years, and I've done this myself, uh, where you just try and try and try, and you try to lift 100 kilograms before, you can, before you've mastered 20. And when we fail, we just blame ourselves or we give up. Deepening your love for Jesus and growing in your faith is a process and a journey that takes time. And again, I, I make no apology for perhaps the obviousness of this point, because we are so uh, desperate for you to enjoy this process and this journey of discovering more about Jesus, the life he has on offer for us as a community and the thriving that comes when we become more like him. I long to see people that have struggled to connect with God in the ways they've been taught in the past, feel the weight of trying lifted and find freedom and discovery and growth that comes with training. And so we've called this part practice, partly because it begins with P and training doesn't. But more importantly, as a service together, we want to grow in practicing the spiritual disciplines that lead us to Jesus. In 1 Timothy 4, uh, Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and life to come. And we want this service, we want this community to be a place where you can train in the way of becoming more like Jesus. We want to look at the way that he lived his life and model that in everything that we do. So how are we to do this? Well, instead of trying, we practice which instead of fatigue leads to growth. And just as you slowly build up muscle over time, we grow in our spiritual muscle. And that growth leads to confidence, which ultimately leads to joy. And this is all about practicing in the spirit as opposed to trying in the flesh with the Holy Spirit's help. This is where we actually learn to become more like Jesus. And here are just a few, a couple examples of how this might work itself out. Uh, perhaps one of the things you've uh, found really hard is to stop doing something that you know isn't good for you. Well, there's a spiritual discipline called fasting, and one of the reasons that's there is that it helps us to practice how we overcome some of the desires that we have. 
where we get, uh, we get used to resisting temptations. Maybe miss a meal for the first time. Try it again, but maybe miss two meals. And practice how we learn, uh, or practice and learn how you overcome the desires that are driving you to do the things that you don't want to do. And in doing so, find freedom and become more like Jesus. Or perhaps you're in a season of life which is just crazy busy, maybe with your family or in work. It's just really, really demanding. And you'd, and you'd love to spend time reading and praying, but you just your job won't allow it. Well, what are the opportunities in front of you to grow spiritually? Perhaps there's a really demanding person at work. Is that an opportunity for you to practice the gift of patience or self-control or grace? Whatever life is throwing at you right now, what are the ways we can intentionally and sustainably grow and practice the way of Jesus and doing things on the outside that will help us change on the inside? So often in our experience, trying produces fatigue and disappointment, but the weight of following Jesus should be light and produce joy, and it will be a process and a journey that takes time. Calling this service the e-service is in some senses unhelpful. It's unhelpful language because we don't just want to put on a service on a Sunday every week. We don't just want to meet here and have a great time, although that is a huge part, as Dee said, it's a huge part of who we are as a community. But practicing the way of Jesus should permeate our whole lives, not just at six o'clock on a Sunday. And one of the reasons we have those booklets that should be on your pews is just for you to take, uh, take them away and just think about what we we're saying today. And to practice instead of try is kind of, is kind of in some sense, it's quite a hard concept. It's kind of a mindset, mindset shift more than anything. And the practicalities or application of it might be different for different people. So I'd encourage you to go away to pray, uh, to talk with your community and figure out what this looks like for you. And the reason we talked about community first was really deliberate. This practice that we're talking about was always supposed and intended to come from a place of community where we're in and out of each other's lives on a regular basis. And that's what excites me so much about moving to East London, that we'll be able to do that. We'll be able to live in community, in and out of each other's lives. And I just, I can't wait. I'm so excited. There is so much inside of us that we will never know is there, both positive and negative, good and bad, without having the light of community to shine on it. I would never have known that watching 10 episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a bad thing had Dee not lovingly, without anger or a hint of frustration in the tone of her voice, just told me, Joel, that's a little bit lazy, sort your life out. You may have heard of the Inklings. They were a group of friends uh, who met to talk about literature. literature. They met every week for around 20 years. It was founded by C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, and Charles Williams. And they were really, really just great friends. And when Charles Williams died, C.S. Lewis said this, In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. Now that Charles is dead, I shall never again see Ronald's reaction to a specifically Charles joke. Far from having more of Ronald, having him to myself now that Charles is away, I have less of Ronald. Having a community around us brings out all of who we are, far more than on our own. Every facet of our lives is revealed in the light of community. But not only that, it gives us an opportunity to encourage one another and to be encouraged. If you live far away from your church community, have you considered moving closer in? Practice involves proximity. To be in and around this church community will benefit you, it will benefit me, it will benefit us, and it will be- benefit your mission. And it's precisely why Dee and I are moving. And one of the questions I want to leave with you today is simply this, who are we becoming? And I, I love the first thing we read about Matthew doing after being called by Jesus to follow him in Matthew chapter 9. It says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. 
Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. The first action we read Matthew doing as a follower of Jesus was cooking him a meal and introducing him to his friends. I love that so much. That is just so cool to me. (laughs) Matthew didn't need to try really hard to get his life in order right away. He just spent time with Jesus. We don't know what happened, all of what happened around that dinner table. Maybe they prayed together. Maybe they talked about some of the struggles they were having. Or maybe they celebrated some victories. But I have no doubt that Matthew and his friends just became more like Jesus after just spending time with him and being with him. Matthew didn't have to try and be anyone but himself. And over time, he would go on to learn and to practice the way of Jesus with a group of 11 friends by watching him, listening to him, and spending time with him. And that's precisely what we want to do in this service. And I love this vision of all of us taking delight in growing in, in the practices of Jesus, seeing that growth, getting, being confident, taking joy in it, around meals together, in each other's homes, in restaurants, in coffee shops, our work, in our families. And as Paul said to Timothy, that godliness, or in other words, becoming more like Jesus, has value for all things, every part of our lives. I'm so grateful to him that we get to be in one of the best cities in the world and part of this church in this community. And I've been in church for a long time and what I feel like what we have here is rare. It doesn't happen very often where we have such a strong core community with just huge, huge potential. It is a real privilege to be here. And we believe that God has called us to be here together, to become more like him. We believe that he is worth it and we believe that his mission is worth it. And so what we're going to do now is we're just going to worship We're going to give God all the praise and all the thanks for what he has done for us, what he's given to us. And worship is one of those practices that helps us to become more like him. And that's kind of what we've been learning about the last few few weeks. We can engage with him in our worship with our imagination, through our emotions, with our body and with our heart. So why don't we do that now? Why don't you stand? We'll we'll have a couple of songs of worship and then Dean, I'll be back. But I'm just going to pray and then hand over to Nat. Yeah, Lord Jesus, thank you that your yoke is light, God, that you do not um, expect us to be anyone other than ourselves, Lord Jesus. And I just pray for everyone in this room that we would just take delight in becoming more like you. God, that being a disciple of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus does not feel heavy, Lord, but we would just come alive as we think about becoming more like you that we would take delight in being together and seeing one another grow in becoming more like Jesus. God, thank you that we are here. Thank you that we are in this church, in this city. And I pray your Holy Spirit will be with us now as we worship you. Amen. And so, we have heard that we want to be a people in community, practicing the way that Jesus lived. And our final P, we want to do it with purpose. And looking around, we are a young demographic, both in length of time running and in age. And what we mean when we say purpose isn't necessarily that we want everyone to find their one purpose that God has called them for and live it out. Although we know that will happen for some, but for others are still a long way off. What we mean by purpose is that we want to be a people that is purposeful both individually and as a church family, in everything we do, in deepening our faith, living in community, and truly seeking where God is working in our lives. 
As Joel and I were praying for this service, very early on, we had a picture of a tree. Uh, Now, it's a bit cheesy, but we went with it anyway. Uh, But the picture of the tree, you could see side on. And the depth and length of the roots was the same um, as the length and height of the uh, branches and the fruit. And we felt like God was saying, if you really want to see renewal of this city, if you want more people to know Jesus and grow in their faith, then firstly, you have to decide where you will be planted and choose a place and a people. And then you need to go deep. You need to cultivate deep roots, deep roots of community and faith. And then you will see your fruit, your purpose. And we believe the main reason we are in the East Service, or in East London, is to make it our home and our sanctuary. And then to let our collective and individual missions flow from there, whether it be locally in East London, further out across the city, or even further afield than that. And the lovely Hannah Cameron had a picture for us. Is she here today? No, well, I'll speak on her behalf. Um, It was of a picture of a map of London. And East London was positioned on the left-hand side, the same position that a heart is on a human chest. Um, And she felt that for our service, we didn't just exist to give life to just the area, but as a heart pumps blood around the body through different arteries and veins, these veins could extend to other places around the body and across London or even further afield. And the thing that excited us about this picture um, the most is that it really does represent the potential of this community. You guys all have such amazing gifts and talents. And if Hannah's picture is right and we live purposefully, think about what could be possible if we truly committed to this adventure together. Wouldn't it be great if people in this service had a genuine impact on our local communities, if growth always had multiple volunteers from this church to serve the the homeless in East London? Wouldn't it be amazing if people were so excited about what God was doing that they stay in London despite the challenges? Wouldn't it be great if people felt empowered and enabled to find what God had called them for and discovered a sustainable way to live out life and mission together? Wouldn't it be great if we had a morning service? We're praying that we'll be in a position to start one by 2019. Wouldn't it be great if people were passionate about seeing our church community thrive? If everyone at every stage of life, from kids to youth, to students, to families, and the rest, could find a home here with us. And if many people came to faith through finding our community as a loving and safe place to explore and ask questions about Jesus. And wouldn't it be great if communities like this didn't just exist in Bethnal Green, but in Dalston, Hackney, London Fields, Whitechapel and Bow? We want to see all of this happen in East London, but one of the things we know is that we cannot do it in our own strength. We believe that God is with us and we will need to rely on the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things we want to do is just to go deeper in prayer. We've seen some real fruit uh, in prayer over the last few months, um, but we really feel like there's more fruit for us in that area. Uh, And so on the week of March 17th, we are going to have an East service week of prayer, uh, finishing up with a worship service on the Friday evening, uh, just to get together, to just to pray, to worship, to ask the Holy Spirit to be with us. Uh, And we'll we'll give you more information and more details about that nearer the time, but we really ask you to prioritise that that week and that evening to to pray with us. 
If we're going to become the people that God wants us to become, the Holy Spirit not only will, but has to be involved and play a huge part in that. So why don't you stand? I'm going to pray. And then we're going to just sing one more song and then we'll eat together. Yeah, God, we just ask that you would help us over these next few months, this next year, five years and 20 years, God, that we would be uh, genuine communities where people feel welcomed, God, where people are uh, able to explore faith, where people uh, grow in their love for you, where people who are struggling or having doubts or, or not quite sure where they're at just feel in a safe place. They feel that like they can be honest. God, we just ask that. Lord Jesus, we ask that these, uh, these groups of people, these communities would be not just inward looking, but outward looking, always looking for more people to bring in, more people to encourage and to be encouraged by. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would help us to become more like you. Lord God, we ask that the weight of trying and failing is just lifted, God, and we would find freedom in just step by step, stage by stage, practicing the way that you lived, practicing the things that you taught us to do. God, and we would just find just this amazing joy and freedom that comes with becoming more like you. That it doesn't just have benefit for us in this church, but it has benefit for our whole lives, that we will truly thrive and flourish as people because you are with us and we're becoming more like you. God, we ask that for every person in this room. And God, we ask that you would help us to live purposefully. Lord, that we would not waste the gift that you have given us. We would not waste the opportunities that you have given us. We would not waste the, the gift of this community and this church. God, that we would live as purposeful people and we would put you first in all things. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd be with every one of us now. God, thank you for who you are, for what you have done and what you will do. You are amazing and we love you, Lord. We just pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. or for further podcasts and downloads, please visit christchurchlondon.org.